Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are here on a Friday for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and we are back. And I've got the one and only Grifka here. Grifka, what's going on? Hey, just getting uh, ready for this uh, big game against uh, Seattle. Big win that we got to have. Every week, it's a big game in the NFL, Grifka. So what's on your mind this week to kick us off? What are you thinking? Well, just to uh, bring up a couple things that we saw this week. I know uh, earlier we talked about uh, earlier this week we talked about uh, the snacks trade, but I, I kind of wanted to get. I know we don't like to talk about other teams, but I want. To, I know one person I brought up last week was Amari Cooper. You know, if you think the Lions should trade for him, and I saw that he got traded to Dallas for a first round pick, which personally I think is a little steep. Uh, I just want to get your thought on that. Do you think that was steep, or do you think the Lions should maybe should have made a play for that? Uh, I definitely don't think the Lions should have made a play. I mean, I think not only we set a receiver, but um, you know, we have enough skill guys to go around. Um, but, I mean, just in my quick take on it, like, I liked it for Dallas. I mean, we, we brought up our buddy Chuck Dog on the show before. I know he's a, he's listening in the past. I don't know if he's out there listening, but I shot him a message right away, and I was excited about it. He was like, oh, I'll get way too much. Terrible trade. And I'm like, you need a receiver. you got a top a guy that's produced the NFL. He's been in the league. He's only 24. He seems like he has a great temperament to get along with Dak and the other crew there. And he's a playmaker. So I loved it. But I mean, a first rounder is a lot, but that's exactly what you needed. And I think he's going to do great there. So that's my short take on it. Yeah. Myself. I, I thought it was just, like I said, I thought it was way too much. I, I just know it's one of those things where it can affect the lines down the road, considering the Cowboys beat you know, beat them can affect their playoffs for this year. So anytime that any team that beat the Lions where they might have to go head to head and, you know, in a spot for the playoffs, I, I don't like to see them improve, I guess, for lack of a better term. So that's just my quick take, take on them. But once again, I just thought it was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty expensive to give up for uh, Amari Cooper there. And then um, kind of the same thing. I mean, no, I haven't really heard anything else on any injuries. I know we talked about injuries on the last podcast, but it still kind of seems like status quo. Nothing's really changed. You know, same guys, you know, uh, like the uh, practicing, you know, uh, read that uh, Ziggy, once again, Ziggy and Theo and uh, same guys as before, but Ziggy's out there just not doing a whole lot. You know, was it? It's the typical sweatpants is I I believe is what their, their terminology that, you know, out there in sweats and a helmet, not running through a whole lot of drills. So, uh, you thinking that uh, he may play on Sunday, or are we still kind of uh, still kind of hoping there? I mean, it's a hope for now. I mean, I was I was pretty surprised for him to again go through like a week of practice. Everybody kind of okay, maybe uh, 
you know, coming off the bye, going on this road game, you know, warm weather, maybe this is a chance to get him out there, get some reps at least, depending on his workload. And just to see him be ruled out, and not even a late rule out. It was like a rule out on like a Thursday, Friday. You know, that definitely did surprise me. Just because I was kind of, you know, as, as good old Jim Schwartz used to say, I thought he was trending upward, trending in the right direction to play. And uh, it just didn't happen. So I'm thrown for a loop again of where he's at in this rehab. You know, is it a precautionary measure? Is he just like practicing and then later in the week he's sore and he's not ready? I don't know, but again, without getting into a Grifka versus Oakry rant, um, every week I'm pulling for this guy to play. Even if he comes back and plays and gets hurt again, I'd be fine with that more so than just this practice, then don't play, continue to pay him, continue to be in this no man's land. Like, I want to see 94 out there. I think he's an impactful guy in the rush game, and I love how he plays the run defense. I think Snacks Harrison can only help this guy, and Ziggy and Snacks added to this team could make it into an upper um, mid-level defense right away, which I think is what we're what we're hoping to have here in Detroit. Yeah, once again, it would be nice to see him out there. And like you said, we don't want to get in a tirade, but I uh, guess I'll harken back. Do, do I want him to play? Yes. Do I expect him to play? No. So, uh, <laughs> hope, you know, hope I, to see I him think, out there, but you know, don't think he yeah, will. Yeah, I mean – I'm trending your way of just like, I guess I'd be surprised if someday it's just like Ziggy's active, you know, because it just hasn't happened. But I mean, it's been a while now. I mean, depending on if he didn't have to have surgery and all that kind of stuff, like, I mean, six plus weeks, just kind of resting up the shoulder or whatever he's got going on. That seems like enough time to get back rolling. So as surprised it'd be if he'd play, I think it's got to be becoming about time. If it's not this week, I'm thinking one of those big road, um, division games is when you see him and whatever we get out of him is a bonus you know at this point right right and i believe it's to that point there's certain points in the season where you can put a guy on ir and then they can come back i mean they changed the rule i believe a year or two ago but there's a certain point in the season once the guy goes on ir he can't come back so i can't remember exactly what week it is but uh it might be one of those things like, you know, it won't be so bad to kind of keep dragging it out. Can you play? Oh, no, I'm still down. But they obviously didn't want to put him on IR and, uh, you know, waste a spot until, gosh, I can't remember what week they can come back. But it's like like 8 or 10, week 8 or 10 or something like that. But there's a certain point in the season, once you put them on IR, they're lost for the year. So they obviously think that he can come back here within the next week or two. So. Yeah, I, I think it's like once you go on, you have to wait out eight weeks, which somebody brought up on, on Twitter that uh, had they done that right away, this would be right about the time he'd be coming back. Uh, but like I say, they're probably just as unsure as everybody else of like he heard it in game one. They were hopeful for those first four games. It hasn't happened. And here we are, seven, eight, get him back. So, I mean – you know, I think they're just going to play that game all year long, and if he can suit up and make an impact, great. If he can't, I think they're just going to ride this game about can he play, can he not every week. Get back, Ziggy. Let's yes. go. Well, that's enough Ziggy talk for this podcast because I know he'll be a constant uh, thread as we uh, talk about yes. him. So let's get on to this uh, big game against Seattle on, uh, that we have coming on Sunday. You know, Pete Carroll, yes. former Super Bowl champs from a few years ago. Um West Coast team coming east, man. Well, what are you thinking about this game, Derek? 
Well, I'd say, what do you think, Griffka? But like you said, you just hit on your stat. So you already had this as a loss for the Seahawks, just based on West Coast coming East. Me, I mean, last week I was real bullish that the Lions are going and, and whoop that tail of the Dolphins and just not be phased by any of the factors and just their better football team. They were going to play well. It wasn't a team that scared me. And that to me, that felt like how it panned out. Now, in this game, I mean, Seattle is like the Lions of their division. Like, they started out kind of poor. They've kind of come back well. Some of their areas, their O-line, some of their different parts of their team are coming together. You know, they have a playmaker at quarterback, and uh, their defense is sort of like ours, where you look around and you're kind of thinking, there's not too many blue chippers, but we have a good – we've always had a decent defense. We have a scheme, like, what are we? And uh, I think the Lions are sort of finding themselves. And I don't know. I, I think Seattle, that's still kind of like they're part of their team where they have a couple players over there, but I feel like they can be had on defense. So I think this is going to be a real tight game. I think, uh, you know, I'm coming into this one confident, but also thinking that when you have Russell Wilson over there and you have a team like Seattle that um, has some players that have been through the wars, I mean, I expect this to be a pretty close game throughout and maybe come down to the end. But, I mean, we'll get to that later. But right. um, I think this can be a, a, a big game across the board. I have a question for you. You mentioned the, yeah, they still have some players. I mean, do you still think they still have that mantra, that mystique of, you know, the you know the legion of boom? I mean, they still got Bobby Wagner over there and Frank Clark and Trey Flowers in the defensive backfield. And they got the Griffin brothers, you know, which is a good story. But do uh, you still think that, you know, they still have that that fearsome, you know, when they were the you know the old Legion of Boom? Do you, do you still think of them as that? Or are they kind of more of like Russell Wilson, you know, was like the face where, like before when they were the Legion of Boom, I always thought it was kind of like that defensive backfield when they had Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas. You know, that was the team right there. You know, and then, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, he, uh, I don't want to say managed the game. He was a good quarterback, but he, di- he didn't have to go out there and throw the team on his back because the defense was always there to stuff him. I mean, do you think it's kind of changed now, or do you still think, do you still kind of fear that defense? Yeah. I mean, I think you know this answer, Grifka. I think everybody out there listening knows this answer. Of course not. This seems not even close to what they used to be. I mean, they used to be, uh, you know, across the board on that defensive backfield and their, their front line, their rushers used to be, you know, top three, four in the league. I mean, they've, they've, they've let people go. They've got injuries. I mean, not even close to what they used to be defensively. Now, has Frank Clark played great? Yeah, he was a guy I projected uh, have him in a few um, leagues I do where you pick defensive players. I, I thought he was going to have a great year. He's been great. Bobby Wagner is always solid in the middle. And uh, they do have a few other players, but they, they've fallen off a lot on defense. They're not a defense that scares me, especially coming into our house of Ford Field. So, yeah, to me, they're much more offensive-based, and they, they all go through Russell Wilson. If he plays incredible, you know, they have a great chance of winning. If he um, doesn't or turns the football over, yeah, their defense can't win games anymore. No no chance. I mean, their uh, their run defense is pretty decent this year. I think it's ranked pretty high. I believe I thought I read somewhere that it was uh, somewhere roughly – it was in the top ten. So I know the Lions' run game has come a long way since, you know, the beginning of the year and actually since last year. But uh, seeing what we've seen out of the Lions' run game this year, you believe they can still uh, run the ball against uh, the Seattle defense because they're going to need to do it to win. 
Uh, I mean, I think they can run it. I think this is one of those games that we're happy that we are starting to get a balanced team and that we may revert back to what we used to do. Is This is a game I think you come in and you throw it more than you run it. Like, you know, uh, we have skilled players on the outside. People are going to kind of look at our run game and say, hmm, they've been humming a little bit. And uh, I don't see why we don't toss it around the yard a little bit and stretch the field and make some big plays in this in this game against this defense. So, you know, if their run defense is good, which you get in front of me, but, I mean, if you looked at them, it's, they have one of the still one in football. Like, going out to Seattle just is crazy, no matter what their team is like, win there. So I bet you a lot of their better games on defensive side or run game is uh, when they're playing at home. But – yeah, I mean, if they come into our house and we can't run it very well in the beginning, we'll just throw it all day then. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. And uh, But, I, you know, I still think carry on and others can be effective. But if they're not creasing them like we have the past few weeks, then just let, let number nine do his thing. Yeah, I believe that uh, we still need to run the ball. And uh, we, uh, you know, have to establish it to help Matt Stafford out there. But uh, – yeah, I think we can also pass on this defense. That mystique of the old Legion of Boom, I think, you know, has went, uh, you know, the way of uh, of, of the dodo. That uh, it's not there anymore. It's somebody I, I don't fear. These guys. I mean, still, like you said, Seattle still has a great home field advantage where they play. It's very tough to win there. They have a very raucous crowd. I mean, we've been at games where Detroit crowds have been very raucous as well. And um, the way this team's playing now, I believe the fans have a lot of confidence in it. I mean, you can't just say that, uh, oh, who'd they beat? You know, who'd they beat? Because to be honest with you, I mean, I don't think Seattle's, Seattle's what, 3-3 three and three as well, but they haven't really beat anybody either. I mean, Detroit's beat some kind of big names. I mean, I mean, yeah, Miami was undefeated at home. They went down to Miami and handled them their first loss. And, uh, you know, Green Bay, I mean, it's Green Bay, and New England's still New England. But um, Seattle, I think Seattle's wins aren't that impressive this year. And like you said, they start off a little slow. But uh, still, I mean, they haven't really beat anybody, I mean, I think that bad. So, you know, them coming west to east, I know you, you kind of joke with me about it and, you know, kind of poke at me. But still, it's a 1 o'clock start, and they're coming to face a team that has a lot of confidence right now. So uh, I think this team, uh, this offense should be able to pass on them. Just, you know, once again, keep running the ball as, as best you can. If, you know, Carrion breaks a couple off, you know, a couple long ones, cool. But uh, I'm not seeing the run game, you know, being like they did against Miami, I mean, I still think they're going to try to run the ball, but I don't see the yards that they're going to put up. Uh, I don't think they're going to uh, just keep running into a brick wall if they're not running it. Of course, they're still going to have to run the ball to keep the uh, defense honest, but uh, I could see them just using the run game more of a, uh, you know, as a, like you said, use run to set up the pass in this one. That's what I believe they're going to need to do. Now, now, Griff, I heard, I heard what you said, but I, I got to admit, I'm sure not the only one, the people out there, um, I, I kind of lost you or tuned you out when you said it went the way of the dodo. First of all, isn't it? It went the way of the dodo bird. And second of all, who says that? I haven't heard. I hear that. I hear that cliche all the time. And I always hear it the way of the dodo. I never hear the way of the dodo bird. But uh, I've never, I've never <laughs> heard it the that? way of the dodo bird. Because when people yeah, ask but... you what's a dodo, you're like, oh, it's an old bird that was on an island, and all the explorers killed them all because uh, they couldn't fly and they were too stupid 
to run away from them. I mean, it was just, I've never heard the dodo bird. I've always heard the way of the dodo. So, uh, <laughs> who, I, w- I want to know for the people who in your life says, Hey, it went the way of the dodo. Like, well, what am I supposed to say? That says it, went, that family? It, it went to the way of the Mayan civilization. What do you want? In the same way as the Aztecs? I mean, what? I mean, no, I want to know in your life in 2018, who says that to you? Nobody says that. Okay, I mean, I guess I still say it, and I can still be the one. I'm fine with that. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm not a camp follower like you, whatever's popular, Mr. ESPN. What's ESPN say is the greatest thing happening right now? They, they got to be the best. Uh, okay. You know, so, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not Mr. ESPN. I mean, I have other cliches I use. Whatever, whatever, John Cal- whatever, Mr. John Calipari is the greatest coach of all time because ESPN said so. I mean, what do you want from me? You know? What are you talking about? Is ESPN lingo? I'm just trying to get over this phrase you dropped, and then the fact that you didn't know it was the way of the dodo bird, and that was just dodo. I've never, I I've never heard anybody is? say. I've never heard anybody ever use the cliche <laughs> "the way of the dodo bird." I've always heard That's it said the just cliche. the way. Of the, I've always heard the way of the Not- dodo. Because everybody Not knows any- what a freaking dodo oh. is. They don't have to say dodo bird. I mean, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's the thing. Like, again, nobody says it in normal society. But when they do, they say, when, by the way, the dodo bird. They don't just say dodo. I didn't even, like, I thought you just didn't know it. But anyway. No, wow. that's, anyway. No, that's, the the people, that's, but... that's the way I've always heard the cliche. So, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Once again, reasonable minds can differ. <laughs> oh man, what a what a phrase! I have never heard anybody say that in real life. So, and to, well, if you've never heard know. anybody say it in real life, why are you critiquing me using it? No, this is the way it's said. Even though I've never heard anybody say that before, that makes zero sense to me. I've never heard anybody say it before, but here's the here's the cliche. Okay, I've never heard anybody say it, but here's the cliche. You're going to tell me when you, when you don't say it. You've never heard anybody else say it. That doesn't make an ounce of sense to me. I think like a movie from the 50s, and they definitely – Wait, hold on. Dodo. You actually threw a movie on in the 50s? I mean, do you remember stuff? I, I can't see you watching a movie from the 50s. I, I don't know. It crossed my 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 vernacular somehow but i know it wasn't dodo and i know like nobody in my workplace or my church or my uh sports realm says uh went by the way of the dodo because you hang out with a bunch of like 20 year olds and they all talk and they all talk in memes and you know emojis and something like that here i'll give you sad face crying or whatever because you're 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 reprimanding me okay whatever Oh wow! Okay, side tangent, but that was funny, man. Okay. Uh, there you go. Keep keep keep, keep bringing the phrases, Griffith. That was awesome. Cool. Yeah, I mean, so I'll I, bring I heard, up I'll bring up something you've of... never heard before. That's fine. And then you'll tell me how I'm saying it. Then you'll tell me how I'm saying it wrong, even though you you don't say it. You've never heard anybody else say it. That's utterly amazing to me. That that's awesome. That's like saying, "Hi, my name's Steve." No, you're not Steve. You're Bill. No, I'm pretty sure my name's Steve. No, you're Bill. It's just like, no, I I know some Steves, and you're not a Steve. You're a Bill. I mean, what? Okay. Uh, anyway. Oh man. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. anyway um, you brought up Russell Wilson still being able to make plays, and um, I feel that the Seattle offensive line. I mean, there was much of a line the last few years, but I, they are improved this year. And uh, was it uh, Russell Wilson throwing the balls? Uh, you know, Lockett, who's pretty fast. Baldwin, who's got great set of hands, but. Uh, Old man Brandon Marshall's on that team too, so uh, 
I believe you said that you think Brandon Marshall is going to have to be one to carry this game. Am I correct in that? Not Brandon Marshall. Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Russell Wilson has to win the game, definitely. Okay, you think he's going to do it just by uh, passing? You think Seattle's going to be able to run the ball, even though uh, we don't – I mean, it's not uh, known yet if Snacks will play on Sunday, but uh, – you think uh, Carson's going to be able to run the ball against uh, Detroit's defense, or uh, Russell Wilson's going to have to be throwing the ball all over the field? Now, now this is the question I was waiting for, Grifka. So, Russell Wilson, to me, here's the thing. The last few years, he's been playing playground ball, where he just runs around, makes plays, does all this stuff, as they've kind of been redoing their team. We're getting some, some skill guys. They're kind of figuring out what they want to do on offense. So, they drafted a first-round pick. And Rashad Penny, and he has both not produced and not played, and so now they have Carson, who's the other guy, Mike Davis or something like that, that's been making plays for them. Yeah. In the run game, so they have these two guys in front of their rookie that they're playing. Like this is my biggest worry about this football game is that they use this kind of three-headed running back, and they try to just pound us into oblivion and just run it where we can't stop it well enough to get off the field, and they put up points. And then Russell Wilson nowadays doesn't run around as much. He's getting pretty good protection, and he throws the football and makes plays um, just in the pocket. He's, he's been really putting the ball on Tyler Lockett, and uh, Doug Baldwin was out for a long time. I mean, he's he's no spring chicken. There's a phrase for you, Grifka, but he uh, has Wait, come are you back, sure it's spring and he's chicken? ready to go. I think I've heard it other ways before. <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know, you got to say the chicken part, just like the dodo – no, everybody knows uh, but, what a dodo is. Read a book. <laughs> I'm actually pulling it up as we talk. Let's get the history on this phrase. But uh, So I think you're, what you're going to see is a lot of heavy run game. I think Rashad Penny can have a big game out of the woodwork where everyone's like written him off. The guy's a good player. He can really uh, run the football. He's not that great in protection. And I think if we don't get to Russell Wilson, he'll just stand there and slice us up. He'll make a few plays with his legs, but, yeah, I think that uh, they're going to go heavy run, and I think that Russell Wilson is a problem in a lot of areas. So I think they're going to do a lot of both of those things you mentioned. Now, I, I know the Lions have played running backs who nobody's really heard of this. You know, they've just come out, like said, out of the woodwork. But uh, – None of those running backs you know, fear me. I I feel that they'll be able to shut down the run, and it's going to have to be very pass heavy for uh, for Russell Wilson. So that just leads to the Lions being able to pin their ears back and uh, you know just get after the quarterback. And uh, even though uh, you know Ziggy hasn't been in there, I mean they have been they have been getting some getting some sacks this year. Once again, they're still in the top ten league in sacks. I mean they had what four sacks last week against Miami. So. Um, I believe that the Lions are just going to be able to shut down that uh, that running game, and uh, Russell Wilson is going to have to like for, for Seattle to win the game, he's going to have to like put it all on his back, and he's going to have to be able to throw the ball around, and he's going to have to be the one to make all the plays. They're just not going to be able to. Uh, they're not going to be able to rely on the run. So, I, I think that's uh that's what I think is going to happen. Those running backs well, don't fear me. On. Russell Wilson is going to have to chuck the ball around. Hold on, Grifka. Like, you think the Lions are going to shut the running game down when that's been our Achilles heel? That yeah, I mean, I, I believe that. 
they don't uh, wow. I mean who's once again like I said none of those running backs really fear me and then you know I, I believe the Seattle offensive line's improved <laughs> but they're not Dallas's offensive line I mean well we know they don't fear you but you don't fear them you mean right yeah of course they don't fear me I know that I get calls <laughs> at two, I get calls from 2:30 in the morning saying Mike they don't fear you I'm like yeah I know that why would they fear me <laughs> I don't know. That's what you said. So I was just telling the people that, of course, they don't, they're not scared of you or the dodo bird. But I think that we should be scared of them because you ever seen Chris Carson run the football? He's a he's an absolute beast. Yeah, I mean, there's all these absolute beasts that we always have to you know hear about, you know. But yeah, he's he's okay. How, how, he's okay. How'd that go last time we played a beast and we knew going in it was going to be a beast running back? Are you are you compa- how we do there? Are you comparing Chris Carson to Ezekiel Elliott? I'm not comparing the two players. I'm comparing. Hey, how did it go last time? We knew we had to shut down. The yeah, you are. Game. You're calling him. A, you're calling him a beast. And you said, when's the last time we played somebody that had a beast running back? So you're putting them both in beast status. So you're comparing the two. Uh, that doesn't. Once again, uh, makes no sense. You can't throw them in the same bucket and say like, well, no, they're not the same running back. Well, you know, they're both a beast. Uh, okay. You I can mean, be a. You can both be a beast and not be the same running back, Grifka. Like Ezekiel Elliott's a special talent, a top five running back. Chris Carson is a beast, meaning he'll run it up your face and stomp on you when he goes past you kind of guy. Okay. Like, he's hard to tackle, and he makes plays, and so does Mike Davis or whatever. And Rashad Penny is slippery, athletic. He can take it to the house on you. Like, that's okay. what I'm worried about. They got three guys like that are going to pound us, and one guy that everyone forgot about that's a heck of a good young running back. Okay. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, I, I, I believe once again, a lot of it leads to that West Coast team coming east. They're just they just won't be on point. Detroit will be able to, uh, you know, stem stem the offensive run. They they know they got to stop the run and make uh, Russell Wilson beat him with the pass. So they're not going to hang back and you know, uh, you know, just let the running game t- tear them apart. That's not going to happen. So, but all I'm telling you is that's a cosmic shift you're doing because. We've had games this year where we knew we had to stop the run game, and we're still, what, 30th in the league, 31st? Like, it has not consistently happened yet. Have we been better the last couple games? Yeah, but for you just to think that we're going to shut this run game down and make – like, to me, again, that's a little bit backwards because, like, why would you go into a game – every coach says we've got to stop the run, we got to run the football – like, if you stop the run, that means you're letting Russell Wilson, one of the top five quarterbacks in the game, make all the plays and decisions. Like, I don't know if I want that. So you'd rather have six guys in the box and keep a deeper defensive backfield is what you're saying and just allow them to run the ball then is, is what you're no, trying to say? I think I think they're going to struggle as they have all year to sort of get this run game under control, but I'm more okay with that than letting Russell Wilson throw it 40, 50 times because I think he's a, one of those special quarterbacks that can hurt you in lots of different ways. So I'd almost rather have them run it, but I don't know that we're going to be able to to lock it up. I think it might be a long day if we're going to have to deal with three heavy, heavy-type running backs coming at us all day is all I'm saying. So I think this is – that's why I said was, I think it's going to be a close game because – Either way you go, it's not really that great. I mean, I don't think Seattle's a, a tremendous football team, but I think they have a pretty solid beastly running game, and I think that their tr- their si- signal caller, he's good, man. He's real good. 
yeah, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's a very good quarterback. And he can, you know, carry a team. But I just don't think this team is where it used to be. I, I don't know if you're uh, living on the mystique of Seattle, you know, uh, thinking of this. But, uh, no, I mean. I already, broke, I already broke it down for you. I said, like, their defense isn't anywhere close to what they used to be. And um, it's. I think it's going to be a close one. But, I mean, we'll get to our predictions here in a moment. But I'm not putting them on some type of pedestal. I'm just saying. Like, if they only had only Chris Carson, nobody else, I wouldn't be saying what I'm saying. But they have a couple running backs that have been hard to tackle and a guy that I, I swear, like, I do not want to come back next week and and be talking about Rashad Penny having his breakout game. But I have a weird suspicion that he's been so off the radar that he's going to hurt the Lions. See, and I hope it doesn't happen. I think the only reason you have this feeling is because you liked him so much in the draft. and then Because he's really good. He's really good, but it's gonna it's gonna be week seven for him to have his breakout game against against the Lions because yes, you've seen because, the Lions because you've seen the Lions give up big runs to other teams. But isn't every yes. game isn't <laughs> every game unto itself its own game? You can't live in the past like that, Derek. That's loser talk. That's loser talk, yes. man. You got you you you're, got, you're you got right. to be positive here, man. You got to. I'm, I'm trying right. to bring you over to the positive side. You're starting to sound like me way too much. No, not at all, because as you said, every every game is to their own. So what I'm saying is, Grifka, if you listen, that everybody is been down on Rashad Penny. Why? Oh, he hasn't been good his first six games in the NFL. Does that wipe out his draft pedigree? Does that wipe out like the fact that this guy can, if given the football, in forward field against a not-so-good run defense, depending on if we add snacks or not? Like, I think – just like any good player, yeah, they could have four or five bad games. If they have the talent, yeah, he could come out and hurt us. I don't know if he'll get him the football, but I know that if he's given a bunch of opportunities, not only is he off the radar of others, but I think that I was saying he could create a problem, and uh, I don't see why he couldn't have a big game. See, I just think you feel that way because you're so high on him, that you were high on him in the draft, and yeah, because he hasn't exploded against somebody, so you're still you're still really weary that he's going to do it to Detroit because you were so high on him in the draft. Like, oh, I know what he can do, but I, I, I guess I just don't feel the same way about it. I mean, and here here's your thing. I can't totally quote it, but I want to say that he was he was in your your range of like a running back you would have been okay with the Lions taking. Like, why would you be? not so worried about him just because he has started out slow or hasn't got the opportunities. Like what's his career over now? He lost everything that well, no. I mean, what he, he led the NCAA in rushing. I mean, was that a mistake? Well, once again, if you were that good, you wouldn't be sitting behind Carson and Davis. So, okay. I mean, we, we talk about this with other guys. If you were that good, you'd be playing, you would have gotten your opportunity. Okay. So obviously we're not, we're not sitting out in Seattle watching the practices and seeing what the coaches see, but you know, if you were that good, you'd be on the field more, and you would be producing. So, sorry. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Like I say, I, I still let's kind of uh, move it forward, but also like we're here to talk about our Lions, and all I'm saying is defensively, the Lions need to watch out both for the run game. Don't write off this running back, which everybody else has forgot about, and know that you're going to be in for a long day because these guys don't run. You know, the wide, they don't run screen. They run up the middle. They run hard, and they're hard to bring down is all I'm saying. Okay. I uh, I, I think uh, a game plan like that where they don't have to, uh, you know, try to get to the outside, everything, you know, up the middle, 
I, I believe they'll be able to shut down uh, these running backs because, you know, even though you call them beastly, I don't think Seattle's offensive line, it's improved, but it's not as good as Dallas. And Zeke Elliott is much better than uh, their running backs. So he's, he's no, a better running back. He, he's definitely better. And, like, before we started the show, I heard the show saying that Seattle's line is actually up in the top 10 now, but it's it's more of a pass blocking type line more so than a run game so they they do seem to be you know doing better in the pass blocking area but you know we'll see what happens I mean I'm not putting uh, Chris Carson in the Pro Bowl I'm just saying that I've seen him before and I kind of like his style so we're gonna have to deal with them and and our defense has played better and if we have snacks in the middle and we have Jared Davis healthy I think that you know that's going to be our a big concern is dealing with that and chasing around Russell Wilson all day if if he does get outside the pocket. Okay. Um, I just got one more question for you on this game before we uh, get to our prediction. I know I was reading some stuff earlier this week and uh, guys like Golden Tate are like, oh, it's just another game. It's just you know just another game to us. But do you think this game means a little more to like you know Tate and Shed and Wilson, you know, former Seahawks? I I don't think so. I think that. Uh... You know, that only happens, in my opinion, when, like, a guy either had a falling out with a team or when it's the year after. Like, probably the year after Tate left Seattle, even though I think he kind of, for the most part, left on his own accord. Like, they didn't really totally go after him, but he got good money from the Lions, went there. I mean, maybe that first time, if you're facing him that year, you got a little burr under your saddle, and you're like, oh, man, I want to beat my old teammates or whatever, but we're so far down the road that, you know, I don't think there's any bad blood really there, and I don't think that uh, that's really on their mind. It's just another team on the schedule. Yeah, that's uh, like I said, I don't think any of these guys left in bad blood. They were it wasn't a trade they didn't want, or you know, they just didn't, they didn't get to touch the field, so uh, they they demanded a trade, and you know, like I said, no hard feelings. So, and I mean, at this point, I think some guys know business is business. I mean. They all seemed to, and it was an amicable split, you know, with those guys from from that team, and uh, it wasn't like a Khalil Mack thing where, for some odd reason, John Gruden came in and just seemed like he just didn't like him from the from the jump, or even like at this point, you know, Patrick Peterson at this point, you know, out in Arizona, that he's just pretty much begging to be traded for anything. But uh, yeah, these three. Hold on. What's that? Uh, let me. I want to jump in for one second because I got a hot take. Okay. We don't need to get on a tangent, but I want to throw this out so that people can hate me for it. I actually like what John Gruden is doing for the most part. And here's why. Because there's so many people that talk about when you come in, new regime, new everything. Hey, if you're not like going to win a championship, what should you do? Tear it down, get a bunch of draft picks, or rebuild the team how you want to build it with young talent? I feel like he's doing that and getting killed for it. So, like, I think if he hits on his draft picks and if he continues to sort of trade away and add uh, properly, that in a couple of years people are going to look back and say, wow, we thought he had totally lost the team and lost – and I think that they might come out with a sick, young, aggressive, just nasty team in the next few years. So that's a side take just on um, where everybody else thinks this guy's a buffoon and I kind of like well, I mean, like you said, just uh... – piggyback on your comment the teams that he's actually trading with as well i those i think the picks are going to be i mean they're not i don't think they're all going to be all top 10 but i think all three of them they're going to have three top 15 picks 
That's what I think. Uh-huh. You know, the Bears, I think the Bears, are, were all, they were all smoking mirrors early. I mean, the last couple of weeks, we've kind of seen what they are. I think the Cowboys, I wouldn't. I mean, they're never in sell-off mode, obviously. But um, I don't think this team's like, I don't think the Cowboys team's all that great. I mean, for them to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win the East. So I think, honestly, I think all three of those picks could be top 15 picks. So you're right. I'm, I, you know, get your bell out, but I'm in agreement with you on that. Awesome, because I was just going to say, hey, Grifka, here's one for you. I tend to agree with you on that one. <laughs> Sweet. I, I like that. Thank you. It's nice when you agree with me. It happens every once in a while. Okay. Um, so let's do this now. Uh, we kind of broke it down, uh, and you sounded like you were a little worried about this game. Uh, so why don't, you, uh, why don't you give me a score? How do you, how do you think this one's going to turn out? Yeah, man. Uh, so for me, uh, when I'm producing this football game, like I think it's a uh, we're back at home. We got some mojo. We got a team coming in that, um, like you said, has had success in the past. Which you know to kind of sort of live off that mystique, but is it really there? I see this game sort of being. <sighs> I I see it being closer, as I've said previously. I see it being sort of a maybe more of a smash mouth game than, than you would think of kind of um, a lot of running, a lot of tough football, kind of a lower type score. Hmm. I could also see a little bit of a, if Stafford and Russell Wilson got, got rolling, I could see it, some points going up on the board too. So I'm a little torn there, but uh, if I got to predict this game, I'm going to go with a tight game. It's coming down in the fourth quarter. Who makes the plays? I think that we haven't seen it yet. I think nine has enough mojo where he makes the final play, whatever it is, final drive, a really big throw, a nice decision, kind of helps close this game out. So Stafford making a big play. I don't know if it's a comeback victory, but I think it's going to be Lions um, 24, Seattle 21. That was pretty close. Uh, I see it uh, once again. I know – I'm going to say it again. I mean, West Coast team coming east, 1 o'clock start. They're going to be sleepy. They're going to be lethargic at first. That's something that Detroit's going to have to pounce on. I know uh, it seems like uh, in the past, it seems like this might be one of those games where, like you said, the Lions got some bravado, might be a little full of themselves, may not uh, say take Seattle a little seriously, but uh, might think this might be one of those games where they could slack off just a tiny bit. But uh, I don't think uh, Matt Patricia is going to allow them to do that. I think uh, there's, you're going to work on jumping on him early because he knows. I mean, what it's like for West Coast teams to come east. I mean, that's it's not, it's not a hidden joke. It's not it's not mythical. Automatic it loss. It, it helps, but uh, I mean, it's it's happened before. West Coast teams come east and win games, but uh, I don't fear Seattle's running game as as much as you do. I mean, you're a love affair with all their running backs, but uh, I, I I think this one. I, I know I said it before. I think ten points is a is a lot, you know, and a lot ten points is a blowout. But um, I'm going to go with that. I'm I'm going to put the, I'm going to say uh, the Lions are going to win this one. Uh, I'm going to say uh, 27 to uh, I'll say 27 14 on this one. I'm going to pick the Lions Ooh. to win 27 14. I like that. So so really, all it takes Griff goes for me for ye- yell at you sort of or give you a talking to one week and then the next week you come around. I see that that seems to happen. No, this so is, I'm glad you're going it, a little bold there. It's it's a west it's west coast team coming east. That means an awful lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> where's the where's the bit of the um, 
what's the guy, LeVar Ball, where he says, never lost. I need like a, <laughs> need like a grip. West Coast team companies, never won. <laughs> Undef- un, uh, no wins, never won. Oh, man. Uh, incredible. But, yeah, that's a, that's a definite indicator for you. That's going to be a tough football game. So, I like you going bold on the score, though. I could see it happen. Yeah, I just I believe that they're going to have to come out early, and uh, Matt Patricia is going to have them do that because uh, they're going to have to throw some points up early, and uh, they'll be able to hold on. The, Seattle's going to have to change their game plan and uh, you know get away from that that vaunted running attack that you love, and uh, they're going to have to throw the ball. And the Lions are going to be able to pull this one out. And I know we got to move on to the next uh, segment here, but I just want to throw in real quick that I think I'm starting to see Matt Patricia, Matt Pat, as you call him here on the podcast become the coach that we thought he would be where I said in the beginning of the year that I didn't feel like we've had a coach in a long time that could out scheme the other side or outsmart the other, the other team's coach. And I feel like I'm starting to see little things he's doing that because of film study, because of just his history of playing in big games, I think he's starting to steal us some, some wins or just some good football out there that we shouldn't be playing just because of his prep and his uh, experience. So I really like what I'm seeing there. Yeah. So um, onward. Uh, just I was uh, watching the uh, highlights of the games last week, and uh, one that uh, I kept seeing was the uh, Minnesota at the uh, New York Jets game. And uh, the Jets had, like, their color rush uniforms on. those all greens. And I've seen a couple other, um, couple other games uh this year where teams were wearing like various styles of their, uh, of their uniforms. And it got me to thinking, you know, the lines, you know, with their, with their new color scheme with, uh, that they've had this, this year, I just want to, what's your favorite combination that they wear? Which one do you like to see when, see the most when, uh, when they're wearing it? Oh man, this is right up my alley. Grifka, and I got tons to say on this topic, but, but hold on, before I get to that, I've been looking a little bit on by the way of the dodo yeah. or the dodo bird, and it's going about 50-50 in my research here that um, there are people, I guess, in life that call to just say the way of the dodo, but there's plenty on here that says it's got to be the way of the dodo bird is how the phrase is said, and uh, there is a blurb in here that it's it's rarely used by human beings, so, um, you know, you're, you're on your own on that one, but I want to update the people on the... Uh, the little bit of research I've done here. So okay. um, you were right to some degree, but uh, it's still a terrible phrase. Never use it again. Um, back to the uniforms, Grifka. Now in the last probably like five, five ish years or more, like I become a total Jersey snob, not only with like my home collection that I basically have nowadays, but also just like, you know, I always want the lions to have like either good uniforms or I have definite takes on this. So when you're asking my favorite combo, like, man, there's no doubt when they went to these new jerseys, I was like, you know, worried about it. I had kind of grown to like the older ones that they had kind of just came out with a few years ago. When I look back at the, the, the silver dome days, you know, there's some great there, but when we're talking the current uniforms, like when they came out, I was a little bit like, I don't know if I like the, you know, what's on the arms and this, that, but like, I've grown to absolutely love that just the blue and the gray or the silver, as you want to call it, like just totally looks sweet now on the field. And the best combo for me, I mean, I love the home combo, the traditional, just the blue with the gray pants, you know, and the new helmet they got going. But like the biggest thing I fought for was like, and I don't know if you're going to ask about this later, 
but like when they debuted the white jerseys with the aqua pants, I hated it. I was just like, oh, that's the worst. And then I think one game they went um, blue jerseys with the aqua. Oh, it's the worst. Like, I don't know why they got that blue wrong. But the best uni to me right now when they go with it actually gets me psyched up before the game is when we're on the road. But it's the white crispy jerseys with the gray traditional good-looking football pants, man. That looks sweet. Yeah, I like that one too, but uh, I, I don't know. For some odd reason, like my favorite one still, you know, other combinations is that home one, that that Honolulu blue that they wear with the with the gray pants. I just I just like that. I know it uh, kind of goes back to that traditional thing they've always kind of worn it that way, but for some odd reason, that's the one I that's the one I like to stick with, and that's that's probably my favorite one that they wear. There's something about these new jerseys though, like. The numbers look sweet to me. Like the way the numbers, they did the numbers like new age, but it's still like not odd looking. And then I, I like how, remember how we used to always have the old name plate where we have like the three tiered letters. Mm. I like just that nice silver on the back and the one, you know, the one color on the names and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, those look really look sharp. And like the helmets have grown on me mm. too at first. That's so kind of like, ah, I don't know about those new helmets, but yeah, they look mm. nice. So, um, on top of that, I mean, uh, you've been a Lions fan now for for a little bit, and I know you've probably seen photos <laughs> and videos of old of old stuff. So, out of all time, what what's your favorite uniform design of all time? You can, you know, I'm talking, you know, and in the Matt Millen, you know, with the black piping, that you know, the black face mask <laughs> and all that, or you know, which one, which one, you know, out of all the of out of all the uniforms you've seen, which one is your favorite? Yeah, it's a good question. I um, mean, for me. Uh, and they say a little while. I mean, I think I'm going on quite a while now, Grifka being a diehard. But, um, you know, to me, the, the best uniform is, was, probably forever will be, are when they were with the Reebok and they would go back to the classic throwbacks, man, the dark blue, the just pure silver helmets. I mean, the uh, just the basic silver pants. I mean, to me, the... That's a, a crazy basic look, which I know they don't like to do for branding and marketing. You know, I'm all about that kind of stuff, too. But that was such a cool look, and they only break it out every once in a while. Is probably why I liked it so much. But those throwbacks, to me, were the best because they have the ones now. And I think the ones now, they, like, lightened up the blue. And it just doesn't have the same griminess that, like, back in, I want to say, in you know 2010-ish when they went and played with the Patriots and threw those throwbacks back on that just look awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know you don't like it when I agree, but I have to agree with you. I love those throwbacks. I mean, I think it's probably one of the top three throwback uniforms that uh, that anybody wears in the league. You're right. It's just it's that basic crisp. It's very easy to read. With um, when it like you said, it was like something's changed in the blue. It was like it was a very it was that Honolulu blue, but it was like a heavy blue. It was like you know somebody held onto the crayon too long and they really pressed into the page when when they made that blue. And I just love it. It just stands out on the field so well. You know, sometimes uniforms, they kind of, I don't want to say they get lost in the field or whatever, but that blue against, like, the green the green football field just looked really, really cool. You know, especially with the helmet, you know, like the silver helmet. And there's something about it. I don't know. I know at one point years ago, every team wore, you know, a gray face mask. And I love that. You know, so the silver helmet with the gray face mask, with that throwback uniform, just with, like, 
you know, the block lettering on it, you know, that didn't have like the old, you know, lions, you know, like, you know, taper on the end. It wasn't, you know, like that swirly. It wasn't like, was it um called like the circus, the circus numbers or whatever? I know because they had that logo at one point. It was just, that's what I really like about it. It's, it's still my favorite. And I, even now it's just like, I love when they throw out, you know, bring that uniform out, you know, Thanksgiving when they wear it. I just love it. It's almost the the real ones I'm talking about, though. I think you're talking about the same. It's like it's basically like a royal blue. It's like a it's like a darkish, yeah, royal or um, you know, almost like a a pistons type blue, more so than the the Honolulu, like you're saying. I got to show it to you, Griffin. I haven't even broke it out for you, but I was able to obtain this year a game used throwback, a Reebok one, yeah. and uh, number forty. And uh, I'm going to try to turn it into a Jared Davis, but. You got to see this thing, man. It, it's in my top top five of my jersey collection right now. This thing is is primo, like actually game cut, worn on the field, but it's uh, looks like it's never been touched. It's it's awesome. It's one of, just a crazy good jersey. I'll have to show that to you okay. next time I see you. Looking forward to it. Um, so with that being said, we've we talked about the uniforms, um, the helmet. Now the Lions helmet's pretty much changed. You know, hasn't changed a whole lot, which I really like. But you know. What what's your favorite helmet? Do you do you like the just the plain silver, or do you like the one with bubbles on, or uh, do you like the one with the current logo on? <laughs> Griffka, was it me and you, or like I remember years ago where I started arguing with somebody that like about bubbles, and like I forget if I thought it was a real thing or the other person did, but like you know that's just a big gimmick, right? Like somebody just came up with that. It's not really bubbles line. Yeah, I know, but everybody knows. If you're a Lions fan, <laughs> when you say the line on the helmet and somebody says bubbles, you're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that was like one of the radio guys that came up with that, and then people ran with it and thought that yeah, was like a they always, thing. Yeah, because they said uh, the line. They said, they said it looked like a cat, you know, pawn at bubbles, you know, like floating bubbles. That's what it looked like. It wasn't attacking. It looked like it was pawn at bubbles, so that's what they were going with. So they got the nickname Bubbles. Yeah. So when you mention the name okay. Bubbles, everybody knows what everybody knows what it is. So it's just easier to say that way. As opposed to like the line that was on the helmet in the eighties. You know, everybody goes, Bubbles. Everybody knows Bubbles. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I got you. I, I that threw me for a loop or maybe I was arguing with somebody else that thought I was a real thing. But um to you know in my opinion, like when they were gonna do that like logo change and there was all that hubbub about like are they gonna totally change it are they gonna change the colors are they gonna do all that like i was so happy when i saw the new logo because they didn't go crazy and like i probably would have even been up for a little more aggressive change but like getting that like clear eye on the new lion the mouth open with some fangs and just kind of like a more fierce line to me was a great move by and uh you know i think they didn't want to go too much because people would just hate you know the traditionalists would hate it but i like the new one much better than the old uh old line where you could couldn't really make out like where his where the legs are and like i say it didn't really have an eye or anything like to me the new one looks way better yeah i mean i like the new one too but I love bubbles, man. Just because it's just, you're right. It's hard to define. It's almost kind of amoeba esque, you know. It's just kind of, it's just you know, from far away, it just kind of looks like a blob on the side of the helmet. But you're right, man. Some radio guy calling it bubbles and going, "No, it looks like a cat pawing at bubbles." And you're like, "Yeah, it does. It doesn't look like an attacking line." So I don't know. I just 
I just really like bubbles myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, like you say, they've been they've been kind of crafty with their their logo and their jerseys. So like I've been pretty happy with it. But you know, it's always tough to switch up. You know your your logos, your colors, all that type of stuff. I think they've done it well. And like I know it's goofy. We've been talking for ten twenty minutes about the jerseys, but it's important, man. Like those traditional teams that have those great jerseys, or when you have a really nice jersey, I think it helps both players the fans like it i mean nobody wants to have a just an awful jersey yeah nothing's worse i mean what i really hate is when teams got to put like you know they're obviously listening to a marketing firm designing their uniforms like oh we need to put a splash of color in here and they put some random color in there it's kind of like me i mean they're playing seattle and i like those seattle uniforms from the 80s like you said it was a little darker blue against that chris silver and then all of a sudden somebody got the idea it's like well let's put a teal eye in there and then all of a sudden that became like their accent color, that, that green. It's just like, gosh, cut it out. It looks freaking horrible. I mean, so, I, you know, it's just, it's, you know, somebody somebody was looking and goes, oh, we need to put a splash of color here. You know, you think you try that with the Raiders uniforms? Like, oh, we need to put a splash of color in the in the Raider, in the pirate eye. Uh, no, please stop. You know, it just, we don't need to do that garbage. So when teams need to do that, it just drives me nuts. Yeah, but my but to- thing, my thing is that there's like those traditional teams you don't want to mess with. There's teams in the middle that are like trying new things. And then there's like the teams on the far other side where like Seattle to me, not only are their uniforms sweet, but like I love the redo with that really neon green and how they oh, did a, they did like a jersey that was way different than everybody else. Oh, like, I hate me. it, but it worked that for look, them because it looks like arena there. bowl. It looked like arena bowl is what yeah, it looked but, like when you went. But, but to me, to me, they can be the Oregon of the NFL, where like that doesn't fly in Detroit, that doesn't fly in Pittsburgh or some of these other places. So it makes sense, at least, where mm. like the ones that frustrate me are like some of the things that Jags have done to their uniforms, or like Cincinnati, you know, like even yeah, the you know the Tampa Bay. To me, they're always trying to redo and they can't get it right. So like those are the ones I think that are messing it up. But like if you have the aggressive teams, you have the traditional teams and you have some that are in the middle kind of like, I'm fine with that. And I think that we're more on the traditional side and more on the, uh, yeah, we're trying to be progressive and keep up with the times, but we're not going to just totally flip our colors or our logos. So I, I think they've overall done good with it. And like I said, I love the new unis, man. I got a, one of the Nike elite untouchable Staffords. Uh, so I, I rock that every Sunday, man. Well, just a quick ending. So, with all this uniform talk, we're talking about the ones that we love. What's your least favorite Lions uniform? Oh, it's so simple, Griffin. I kind of hit on it with this new one that they went with. But it's the pictures I see of the berry in the aqua blue Puma pants with the uh, – when they would wear, like, what would they wear? It would be, like, the white with the Puma aqua pants. Like, it was garbage. It was the worst. <laughs> The worst look. It's like not Honolulu blue. It's like, hey, we're team aqua white. Like, that's not Lions, man. Uh, me? You, you know what I'm going to say. Those oh, yeah. black jerseys are freaking <laughs> horrible. That's the dumbest thing in the world. Matt Mellon trying to turn uh, into the Raiders. Oh, we'll be tough in a black jersey. No, you know what makes you tough? Winning football games makes you tough. Not right. not not the black jersey. And then, oh, they finally got rid of that, and they kept, like, the black piping and the black face mask. Like, will you get rid of that garbage? <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. Oh, those, I those, that. those are grew on me for, like, a year or two, but I agree with you. I, I Looking back, they really don't look that sharp. And then here's here's We still a, see them at games. We still see them at games, people wearing those things. Like, people oh, busting yeah. out the Roy Williams black. It's like we go throw that thing in the freaking furnace, man. That thing's 
ugly. Yeah, I uh, I think I got one tucked away for nostalgia's sake. But yeah, you don't see that out in public. But I want to throw in an honorable mention for worst. And people may not agree with me because I was actually a proponent of this uh, before they came out. I think these new all grays are terrible. I hate them. I think the I think they look so bland, and then the numbers in white looks terrible. And the biggest thing that I hate about them is like this gray, dark gray jersey, dark gray pants. And then our helmet is that shiny silver. Like if they would have went to like a grimier helmet, it would have made more sense, like a steel gray oh. helmet. But like it's it's just I think it's a bad look. I I hope it goes away soon. I hate that. Well, at least they call it gray, and they're not stupid like the Pistons, and they wear it's chrome. No, chrome's shiny. Those aren't shiny. It's that battleship gray, and you can't call it chrome. But that's so, the problem. Yeah. Our our helmets are basically chrome now. And the jerseys are this gray, so it doesn't make sense. Like, I, I was proponent a couple of years ago when they were asking for colors of, like, what if we had an all, like, what I call an all silver, which was, like, that that new age kind of crazy, like, almost a chrome or a silk, like, the chrome Oregon helmet with, like, a really pimped out or, like, an all white. Like, the lines in all white would be crazy. But I don't know. Like I say, we're getting on a side tangent. But, like, yeah. I think they missed on this gray, and I just want it to go away because I just hate it. Like, it okay. just doesn't look good. <laughs> well, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I thought this uniform talk went a little farther than what I thought, but, uh, thought, thought it would. But uh, I was happy it turned out this way. So uh, yeah. any other thoughts on the, uh, on this weekend before we wrap this up? I only got a couple thoughts, Griff. Goodness. This is a huge football game. The Lions are playing a lot better. Everybody has that had written them off is sort of now turn change their tune they're thinking they love what they're seeing from this team from the run game offensive line is playing better um it's just totally flipped 360 so this is one of those games if they want to keep that going that they've got to get the w like you said we talked a lot about the jerseys hopefully this is one the lions come in with their traditional gear they come ready to play and they do whatever it takes to get a W on Sunday. So I think this is just a massive game on Sunday, a real um, one that could turn them either way. And they have a real tough stretch coming up. So we got to get this one. No doubt about it. Definitely a big game. Definitely a big game. So why don't we, uh, why don't we get out of here? All right. Sounds good. So everybody, we've had fun today. We gave you a kind of a, a good look at the Seattle Seahawks team. We yacked about the uniforms, past, present, maybe future. And uh, we just enjoyed the podcast today. So, everybody, um, get ready for this big game on Sunday. Keep drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Keep sharing this with friends. Keep hitting that subscribe. We love people to give us some reviews. We could really use some more reviews on iTunes. takes about, you know, uh, 30 seconds to do a review. Just like the show, what you like most. Five-star review really helps us out. So, please hit that up if you can. And uh, we'll be ready to check you guys all next week, hopefully talking about another W for our Detroit Lions. So for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast and for Grifka, this is Oakry, and we're going to get up out of here. Check you guys next week. This Sunday, I'm going to give you what you crave, what everybody here craves. Drink it in, man.